Welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation. Welcome back, FCS Fans Nation. I am your Bison admin, Matthew Frazee. Um, we're doing dual status tonight. It's just myself and our Eastern Washington admin, one of them, Kyler Neal. Kyler, how you doing tonight? Dude, I am doing great. Um, I'm drinking because it's now fall in most places, or at least the start of it, so I'm drinking a Carbaugh Oktoberfest. Ooh. Uh, tastes delicious. That is awesome. I'm still sticking with the summer shanty because I'm refusing to give up hope up here in North Dakota that it's going to be getting cold soon. Um, September's been okay, but I, I got to stick it out all as long as I can before it starts to get freezing. Hell is frozen over cold up here. So Well, yeah, you you guys don't even get a fall. It, it goes from like 80 to minus 30 in what, a week? Oh, yeah. It completely 180s, like 100%. <laughs> That's when the oof does really start coming out. Oh, I bet. Oh, my goodness. So let's kick into some FCS football talk, man. Um, I'm going to enjoy just you and me bouncing things back and forth off each other. Um, So we're talking about week two, um, and let's take a look at kind of the top ten from last week and the top ten this week and kind of break it down in terms of what you're impressed by, what you're not impressed by, and kind of how the top ten is looking right now. So what, what do you think, Kyler? What's the top ten looking like for you? Um, so my personal top 10, uh, just kind of what the ranking is right now and how it compares to how you feel the top 10 should be with kind of a good dynamic. Okay. So, I mean, I, all the top 10 teams that are listed in the actual stats bowl, um, I have in my top 10 slightly different order, but I mean, I'm pretty happy with what the top 10 looks like coming out this week. There were some questions last week with some of the teams in the top 10, you know, but They've fallen out, um, hint, hint, Weber State. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm pretty overall happy with the way the top ten is looking so far this year. Um, like I said, mine's a little different, so call me bias all you want. After Eastern's performance last this last week, I bumped them up a couple spots. So I actually have them at four, um, and then North Carolina A&T at five, then Kennesaw, um, and then we go to Sanford and Wofford and Sam Houston. So it, it's same as theirs, just slightly a different top order. But all in all, I got to say, it, it's pretty good so far. Nice. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same realm as you. I 100% same as what Stats has. Just like you, my top 10 was exactly similar. Um, I had Wofford further down the list, and I also had Eastern up a little bit. I think Sam Houston kind of takes a hit because they've only had one game, um, and it was a close game at that without Prairie View. Uh, but right. overall, I pretty much got the same thing. So my top 10 is looking very similar. Uh, North Carolina a and I'm going to keep them higher up. I think I had them at number four, right where the stats was this week, just because their resume is speaking super high of itself. I kept Sanford up there because what they did with Florida State was super impressive to me, even though it was a loss. So, yeah, I think we're kind of on the same page in terms of it being similar to that stats poll. And I think overall, it's kind of a fun poll right now because – that top 10 is like totally justified. But then you look down into the 15, 16, 19 range and you got these two and O teams that are 
you know, maybe they haven't played the best teams, but they're still looking good and they're, they're starting to get hot. And it'll be interesting to see how some of them come up and some people move down. But as of right now, the top 10 looks pretty solid. Is is that kind of how you're, how you're seeing it right now? Yeah, I mean, once you hit basically 11 through 25, that's where that's where it gets crazy. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I have exactly a mirror match of the top 10 teams, just a different order. But 11 through 25, that's where mine varies completely. Now, when you look at the conferences, I actually listed the same amount of teams per conference that the stats poll did. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. So most of the teams I have in my top 25 are in their top 25 but the order's completely different. Not even just a little different like the top 10. I mean, it's completely different. Um, but that's what's fun about these top 25 polls. I mean, as a, as the season progresses and goes on, people are going to jump out. People are going to jump in. Um, and, man, it really sets up an awesome playoff picture. That's, that's very true. So let me ask you, Kyler, personally, when you're doing top 25 polls, um, are you looking at this from a standpoint of this is the best resume right now? If I was seeding these teams in the playoffs, this is how I'm doing it. Um, this is how I feel the teams are just that good past resume. Like what what are like the main two things that Kyler Neal looks at when he is putting together like your basic top 10 to top 25? So I'm actually a voter in the stats 25. So I have to actually judge this pretty well. And maybe if someone's listening, maybe they'll say, hey, Kyler doesn't vote, <laughs> doesn't deliver deserve to vote in the top 25 after they hear my reasoning. <laughs> um, but so in preseason, I do a lot of what did they do for me last year? Who do they return? So I would say it's 50, 50 off of last year's performance plus off season changes after okay. week one. It, it varies a little bit. I mean, after week one, that's when you slowly start looking at the resume and who's beating who week two, it's the same thing. So by week four, the whole year for me, at least in, in my top 25 is going to be based off of resume and how good I think the teams actually are. So that, that includes strength of schedule, um, resume, who they beat and who they lost points margin. Um, I have an Excel spreadsheet, you know, with every single FCS team and it's, it has about eight different rows and it's, you know, if they've lost to an FBS school, if they've lost to a power five, if they've beaten an FBS, if they beat in a power five, what's the victory margin, what's the defeat margin, so I have it labeled out, and I'm ranking pretty much at least the top 50 of those 100 and you know some odd teams every single week. But it's still a little bit of where did I place them in the beginning of the year due to their performance last year and what they returned. Um, but I think by week three, week four, it, it's pretty much all going to be on resume and where I think the teams are. Um, if that does make sense. I know I rambled on a little bit, but the first couple of weeks it it's not a legit accurate picture on how good I think the teams are or not yet. Gotcha. No, that totally makes sense. It's kind of those first four weeks, you're pretty much saying, here's what they're bringing back. Here's how strong they've been in the past. And then now I have a good picture of what they're doing this year. And I can kind of slowly adjust that into the coming weeks. I, I like that. that. I definitely wanted to get a good perspective on, on how you see it. So, so that's awesome. So for me, I'll give you a quick example. Weber, I had you know, preseason at about 12, I've pushed them down every single week a little bit. Um, and to be honest, I, I've said this a lot in the preseason. I don't think they will be a playoff team. I think they won't be in the top 25. So each week, based on their performance, I'm pushing them out a little more. Even though they won this last week, they didn't win impressive for me. 
So they bumped down a couple, but I'm still slightly using last year's resume a little bit. But by week four, I mean, they need to get it together or else they'll be completely out of my top 25. And that's kind of how I predicted Weber to be um, in this offseason. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that in our previous podcast about Weber State being that team for you. Very interesting, man. And they've got a huge game this week with um, South Dakota. So they got a big be a game. Fun top 25 matchup. That's going to be awesome. That is. And South Dakota looks good. They do. I, I butchered that. I completely thought they'd be dropping off after losing what they lost last year. Um, and I'm way off on that. They look really good. That's going to be a fun game for anybody who plays them in the Valley and especially for Weber State this weekend. So. Moving on, though, we might mention South Dakota in this next thing I want to bring up for you, man. Um, who has impressed you the most in the rankings right now, com- like compared to where they're at? Like a team that is number 13 or 15, but yet has been overly impressive. Who is that for you? So I'm going to say this. Um, Maine has looked super good so far. Um, they're 2-0 right now, and, you know, Maine – Maine was probably predicted to be a middle-of-the-pack type of CAA team. They're 2-0. They've beat New Hampshire, which at the time was a huge deal. Now it looks like New Hampshire might not be as good. Um, but the fact that they dominated New Hampshire helps out with my statement. And then this last yep. week, they just got an FBS win over Western Kentucky, I believe. So they're 2-0. They have already a ranked FCS win. It looked like New Hampshire might be overrated. Um, now they have an FBS win. And now they're actually going to 0-2 FBS Central Michigan this week. They have a great shot to start the year 3-0 with two FBS wins and a top 10 FCS win. That's not bad at all. Holy moly. That's looking good. They, I mean, if they do that, they 100% jump into my top 10. They're outside of it right now, but not far. Um, and I know New Hampshire is not as good as they, their preseason pick was, but at the time, people are still going to look back on, you know, who did they beat when they were ranked? Because as we saw with NAU last year, they beat Illinois State when Illinois State was ranked. Um, Illinois State at the end of the year was 6-5, and five, and I think just outside the top 25, but it counted as a ranked win for NAU. So Maine, yeah, they could, they could literally be 3-0 with two FBS wins and a top 10 FCS win by the end of this week. And, man, if they do that, Watch out. The, the CAA is ridiculous. Oh, the CAA is just chaos. I love it. It's I like, love it. I can't believe it. It's just, I mean, you've got James Madison up top, but everything else is just complete chaos right now. And it's so much fun to watch. You're seeing teams that you would have never expected. You're seeing teams like Villanova doing really well. Oh, it's just a blast in that conference right now. It's, it's pretty fun. And so I was a big skeptic on, you know, James Madison. I thought they were going to play with the field. Um, this coming year, it looks to me like they might be a step above. And I saw this really cool fact on Twitter today by Jamie's sports newsletter. So I'm going a little off topic, but this was so impressive that I, I thought I just had to share. So Jamie football since Mike Houston has taken over, they're 17 and 0 at home. They score almost 50 points a game and only give up 13 points a game. Um, <laughs> 13 of those 17 wins. They've won by over 30 points, nine games of those. 17 wins, they've won by over 50. JMU, holy crap, that is a home resume under your coach. That's impressive. And I did not realize, you know, I have know I know they dominated the last couple of years, but I didn't realize it was, you know, that much. So good luck, CAA, trying to keep up with JMU. 
Um, I was a little wrong by thinking you were maybe down. I'm, I mean, I'm still not sold that you're up there with NDSU yet, but I was thinking the rest of the CA may be able to compete with you. And I might be completely wrong on that. Yeah. Coach Houston has turned Bridgeforth into a death sentence. I mean, that is just an unbelievable job that he's done over there. Um, and myself personally, man, when I'm looking at this top 25 and I'm looking at a team where I see their rank and I'm really impressed by what they've been doing, um, UC Davis. I got to get up to UC Davis. I know they're only tw- number 23 right now, but they've got that FBS win over San Jose State, which some people may have not said was an upset. Um, but they beat them 44-38, and then they absolutely took it to San Diego. Um, I predicted that on Twitter last week. Uh, 54-21 was the final score. And people are like, oh, it's only San Diego Pioneer League school. But we all know what San Diego has done to teams in the Big Sky the last two first-round games yep. in the last two years. Yeah, they've dominated uh, um, Northern Arizona. They beat Cal Poly. Now, I will say those, both of those teams, in my honest opinion, probably should have been in the playoffs to begin with. But the fact is San Diego is traveling to those teams, and they still dominated. So that's tough. Right. And, and the fact that they're a non-scholarship school. It, is, it's impressive. You would, you would assume the level of athlete may be different. And San Diego has shown that they can hold their own against some of these upper-tier FCS teams. So I'm impressed with what UC Davis has done. Um, Doss is just an absolute beast. Uh, they're wide out there who's going to be playing up for the pros. So for me, for that top 25, definitely UC Davis right now is who I'm really impressed with. So I, um, I like that. Um so UC Davis plays Stanford this week, who's a top 10 team. That's going to be interesting. It, it will be pretty interesting because, so I guess Stanford's running back's out. He's not going to be playing, um, and he's like a Heisman candidate. But, man, if, if UC Davis gets blown out, because what, they're ranked number 23 right now, and they weren't ranked last week, do they jump out right. of the top 25? I think if they get – I, I just don't think they, – they may drop to 24 or 25. I just don't think you could hold an FBS loss to a top-10 team that much against them. You know, James Madison lost to NC State, who I don't believe is even ranked, and they maintained at number two. Yeah, I know the game was closer. Um, Kennesaw, I know, lost, and what, they drop a spot or two to Georgia State? Who's a they have dropped all the way, I think, like three spots after that loss because I think they were number four to begin the season, maybe five. Yeah, now they're they're now six and seven range. Yeah, so they're seven. If, right if, now. if I'm UC Davis and I get wiped out fifty-two to fourteen at Stanford, who's a top ten FBS school, like going for the playoff at the FBS level, I don't I wouldn't justify dropping them out of the top twenty-five. I, but you never know. I they, totally they can agree move with up you. from a loss. Yeah, they can move up from a loss if they perform the way Stanford did at Florida State. I mean, you could if that game is close through a half, third quarter, fourth quarter. You know, you never know. Oh, if 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 that game is even semi close, like a fourteen point loss, um, and you know they've been up there, um, you know through, through three quarters, I might move UC Davis up, you know, close to the ten to fifteen range because they have that FBS win, they dominate a second round playoff team, and then if they can even keep it close to Stanford, yeah, that that's going to be a very impressive thing. Um, yeah, I, I love that pick. In one of the other questions that I'm sure we'll talk about later, you know, I actually had UC Davis as who should move up in the polls. I think they're they're 23 right now, and I think that's really low compared to what their resume is compared to some of those other teams above. To- totally. I can't wait to get to that subject so we can hear more on it for sure. 
But um, before we get to that, tell me a little bit, Kyler, who do you think is the, most le- the least impressive team right now in the top 25 compared to their ranking? Who do you got? So I, I mentioned it earlier. I'm going to stick with Weber. So they were top 10 to start the year. Um, and, I mean, they were top 10 last week. And they barely escaped a team that North Dakota State just beat by 46. Like, the, the game was close. It was 24 to 17. Um, luckily, they had a beastly running back, Josh Davis, who ran for 177 yards, or else Cal Poly probably would have taken it. And the next four games doesn't look great for Weber either. They they play at, you know, South Dakota, who's looking good. Then they play Northern Colorado, which that should be a win. And then they go to NAU and play Eastern, or, or NAU might be at home, and then go to Eastern Washington. So, I mean... Weber State on offense still does not look impressive to me, especially their quarterback situation. Um, and I, I just don't see them as a top 10, top 11 team right now. I think they could easily lose three of the next four games. Um, if they get by in two and two and two or three and one, then, you know, maybe Weber's for real, but they're not looking good in my opinion. And it's I only can... going to get tougher. <laughs> The the Weaver the Weaver train he's riding it right off the tracks. I Tyler's think so. Um, I I can totally see the argument for Weaver right now. Um, I'm not sure how their season's going to play out. For me personally, it's all about Wofford for me. Um, currently in the top ten, I think that's kind of living off of past results. While the team itself may still be good, I think they're not going to be as good as the competition that's coming up. I mean, the Citadel, they beat them 28-21 in a super close game. And that, to me, is not very impressive, and that was at home. Uh, they wiped VMI off the field last week, but anybody should be able to do that. I just see at Wyoming this coming week um, being a big loss for them. Um, they've got tough games, like at Furman, and they're going to be at Samford, which I definitely would pick Samford in that matchup. I just think there's going to be possibly three to four losses for them by the end of the year. So for them to be in the top 10 right now, I get it. It's justified. It's kind of your theory of, okay, what have they done in the past? Who do they bring back? I think it's going to work its way, you know, into Wofford moving way down in the rankings. So the stats right now has them at number eight. Yep. I don't see them being anywhere remotely close to the top 10 by the end of the year. And I could be wrong, but as of right now, I'm going to to go with the Terriers to be the team that's weakest compared to their ranking. So this win by Wofford, I mean, it actually impressed me a little bit. Now, granted, it was against VMI, like you said, and now VMI, I don't think they've won a game since October 8th, 2016. And by saying I don't think, I mean, I know they haven't won a game since since that date. (laughs) So it's been almost two years since they've won a game, and they might surpass that. I mean, if I I haven't seen VMI schedule, but it's not looking hot. But one, one of my biggest you know, criticisms of Wofford, and, and you can go back to our last year's podcast, I said they, they win the close games by three points to seven to bad teams. Like, they beat one in ten teams by three points. And Wofford still ended up being, what, a quarterfinal team? Yep, still made it to the quarters. That's true. So this was something I was, again, I'm not super impressed by it, but I was excited to see it at least. Like, it made me think, Okay, Wofford does belong there. Now, I know they actually dominated VMI last year, too. But this year was even more brutal, um, if my memory serves correct. But it was one of those things, because I put Wofford in my top 10. Um, It was something where I needed to see this type of an output from Wofford. So I'd get off their back a little bit, because I'm a huge critic of Wofford. 
and this was nice to see. So I, I'm going to say they did what they were supposed to do, and I'm actually pretty excited about it. That's a good point. You know, you, you do what you're supposed to do. I just think later on we're, we might see some exposure there, but time will tell. So they're um, going to lose to Sanford. <laughs> yeah, Sanford. Sanford looks really good. Um, and on that note of who's looking good, um, who should we keep an eye out for that's in the top 25 right now? So this team is not in the top 25. Ooh. But okay. I, I said it last week. So this was before you, or after you left. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to listen, but I said, keep your eye out for Colgate. And they came in this week and they beat New Hampshire. Now, Colgate is a Patriot League team. They shouldn't be competing with, you know, teams who are thought to be of really good in the CA, especially a team who's going to 14 straight playoff berths. Correct. So Colgate, I don't think they're a title contender by any means, but the Patriot League needs to keep an eye out for them because I think they're going to run the table. They're going to win that conference. They're going to be in the in the playoffs, and they might have enough talent to upset a team in the first round. Um, so I say let's let's keep our eye out for Colgate. They look good to start the year. Nice. I like it. I'm going to actually stick with the Missouri Valley on mine. Um, I'm going to go with Illinois State. Now, neither of Illinois State's opponents have been overly impressive in terms of who they played. Um, St. Xavier, they might be D2. I'm not sure on that. Um, I, actually, I believe they are. And then they beat Eastern Illinois, uh, 46-0 over Xavier, and then 48-10 over Eastern Illinois. Now, I picked uh, Illinois State to be the runner-up in the Missouri Valley. I just like what they bring back. I think their quarterback play is figured out um, with their FBS transfer. I really like what they have coming up. Um, they're on a bye this week and they get Colorado state on the 22nd, but I just really like where the Redbirds are heading. And I expect them to surprise some people. Um, South Dakota state also made a huge statement win. Um, I did not predict them to beat Montana state. Maybe you got caught in the headlights. That was a bad prediction. Um, so most people probably still have South Dakota state as the number two team in the Valley, but I think Illinois state, they're correctly ranked there at number 19 because they haven't beat big quality opponents but I expect them to move up throughout the Valley ranks throughout the season. Just like what that returning cast has. So that's, that's what I'm going to roll with. I like it. So quick, quick little recap on that South Dakota state versus Montana state game. Cause I actually, I was with you. I picked Montana state to win and it was more cause I didn't know. I didn't have an idea of what South Dakota state would bring back. You know, they lost some key personnel. It looks like that is not going to be an issue at all. But um, one thing I will mention is, because a lot of people, I've listened to a couple podcasts today, they are saying South Dakota State, you know, is that easy number three team, and it looks like they're shooing for the semis and going to dominate everyone outside of North Dakota State. But they played Montana State, whose quarterback, Troy Anderson, he had a total of 226 total yards against Western Illinois, and Montana State only had a total of 239 yards. So he had all but 13 yards in that game, and he was injured this game. He only played, you know, a couple couple downs before he broke his foot, I think it was. So when you lose a guy who had 99% of your offense, that that's a little tough to replace. So South Dakota State did look really good, but at the same time, was it because they're that good, or was Montana State missing a person who was their whole team last week? Right, and I I think SDSU has shown consistency to be like a top team, 
Um, they just they run into some of the powerhouses early because of geographical location, mostly right. North Dakota State. Um, Cade Johnson, boy, he must have filled the the Winnikey, the Goddard role. He had 138 yards and four touchdowns on nine catches. Um, he, oh, he was the only good. receiver. He was the only receiver to have a touchdown catch. Those were all four of Christian's uh, touchdown passes. They went straight to Cade Johnson. So while that is impressive, it doesn't speak to me on like a huge, okay team level win i don't maybe the bias is coming out of me i just i need to see more from south dakota state throughout the rest of the year over just this win um i predicted them to lose i guess i had more faith in montana state um ndsu that game will be super telling so they've got us the last two years i totally get that but will south dakota state in that game will be close will ndsu dominate it will south dakota state win it i think that's going to tell a lot about moving forward because if they have to go to James Madison and Bridgeforth and in the playoffs at some point, am I picking South Dakota State to win? Absolutely not. Yeah, um, getting ahead of myself a little bit, but no, I, big I, I like this to... type of discussion because I was the one who kind of was like, let's let's do a little recap on you know what that game was and um, yeah, they're this they're one... right they're rightfully where they're at, um, and credit to them for the big win. A lot of people were doubting them because of the losses. Um, we're, we're just gonna have to see what what happens. We don't know what how that. Iowa State game would have finished off. It didn't look good for them early, but uh, that's FBS. We'll we'll see how they play out in the FCS ranks. Yep, and I totally kept them at three. I think it was well-deserving, but I'm just, for some of those fans listening out there, I'm saying pump the brakes right now because it was a team who, you know, they played against a team at home who lost their only player who accounted for all the yards besides 13 of them. So pump the brakes a little. Let's let's give South Dakota State a couple games to see you know, how they really are because Montana State lost their best player and it seemed like their only player a couple plays into the game. Agreed, 100%. So let's move on into kind of our current realm or exactly what we have going on in the FCS right now with kind of the top 25 rankings real quick. I know we've covered it kind of throughout the conversation, but let's just recap the new top 25 in terms of how you think it looks. Um, What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? Just kind of a quick snip uh perspective on it Kyler what do you got so ultimately I like it you know I'm glad there's six teams in there from the CA that's what I put out put on mine I'm glad there's five teams from the big sky that's what I put on mine I'm glad there's four teams from the Missouri Valley so I mean those two conference or those three conferences they make up you know I don't know the percentage off the top of my head but a good 70 percent of the top 25 and I think it's rightfully deserved call me biased all you want but they have looked the best to start the year. But what I also like is the Southland putting in four teams. I put four teams from the Southland in mind. Um, the top half of the Southland looks really good. So we'll see how that bottom half, you know, if they can even compete with that top half. Um, we have a huge game this week with Nichols and McNeese that might shake some things up. Um, and I think actually that game has some pretty big playoff implications because one of those teams, if they lose, they're not going to have the strength of schedule to bounce back. Like, let's say McNeese loses, which I'm picking them to win. If McNeese loses and they lose to Sam Houston at, you know, during the season, their biggest win will probably be against Northern Colorado. And I'm saying that because I listened to Hero Podcast, Hero Sports Podcast, and they were talking about this matchup. And they were like, if McNeese loses, do they get a playoff spot as a 9-2 and team? with a loss to um, Nichols and then 
um, Sam Houston State because their biggest win on paper would be against Northern Colorado, who had three wins last year. So this game, it's early in the season, but it already, it already has huge playoff implications, which I think is awesome. But as a whole top 25, I mean, it's hard to argue with, you know, all the teams in there. You can switch up their places like I did, but um, I think it's a super solid top 25 to start the year. Yeah, it's it's too early to honestly get nitpicky. Um, it's kind of a weird question to ask. Uh, we've got it on our agenda here, and and I do appreciate the question. I think it's going to be more sh- more meant for later on. I'm with you. I mean, one and one, two and zero. Oh, uh, some teams three and zero oh against the A and T, but there's not much there in terms of okay, these teams have won five games, six games, seven games. So we might have to wait a little longer to dive into this discussion. But I think the top twenty five looks pretty good. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't actually done the research, but I'm pretty sure all the teams they have in their top 25, I have in mind. Uh, maybe, actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure their top 25 is identical to my top 25, just in a completely different order. Gotcha. So, next, Kyler, we kind of have the next questions on our agenda here. I think they're kind of repetitive compared to what we talked about. So, I'm going to throw you a curveball one here if you're cool, cool with that. This is, I think you're going to like this. Myself, personally, I said North Dakota State is the undoubted, unbelievable number one favorite for the national title. But I said the best conference top to bottom is a CAA going into the season. Just, you know, stacked all the way up and up to the top, all the way to the bottom. James Madison's still great. New Hampshire, Delaware, Villanova, all these great teams. Already after two or three weeks, I'm starting to think it's the big sky, top to bottom. I'm looking at UC Davis and being crazy impressed. I'm looking at teams, uh, obviously, Eastern Washington looks awesome. Montana's in at 2-0 with the win over uh, UNI. I just really think Northern Arizona, I know they lost to Eastern, but that was, what, a five-point loss? I mean, it wasn't a blowout. Um, I just think kind the of. big sky is looking really good right now. And maybe I'm not sold on the teams that are 2-0 and outside of James Madison. Maybe I'm not sold on Maine. Maybe I'm not sold on Rhode Island. Delaware and New Hampshire with losses maybe aren't as good as we expected. I know it's early, and I'm probably going to get murdered by the CAA crowd and the Missouri Valley crowd, but I don't think there's any debate there. Um, is it the big sky right now that is – because they're going to all start colliding, and it's just crazy right now how many good teams it looks to be out there out west. Tell me a little bit what you think about that. So, I, I did a ranking of the conferences this last week, and I still put the CAA as number one. I put the Missouri Valley as number two right now, and the Big Sky at three, um, then Southern at four, Southland at five, or I might have had that reversed. But I think the Big Sky and Missouri Valley are super, super even right now. Um, it's not – there's definitely arguments to say the Big Sky has the most depth, but at the same time, we still have teams like – Cal Poly. We still have teams like Portland State. We still have teams like, you know, Northern Colorado. They put up a fight with South Dakota, but that's all it was. It was a fight. It wasn't, they had no shot. I'll be honest. They just didn't have a shot. So I think the Big Sky still has more bottom feeders than those other two conferences. And that's what knocks us down. Um, Now, maybe teams one through eight. I mean, the Big Sky has some really good teams from one through eight. but I'm not sold to say the big skies ahead of the CAA or even ahead of the Missouri Valley right now. I think it's close. We definitely have closed the gap the last couple of years, 
it seems like we're only improving, um, especially with teams like Eastern Washington. Now, did you watch the Eastern Washington versus NAU game? I didn't actually be able to watch it. Um, I was at military drill this last weekend, but I caught as many possible highlights I could on social media from every scoring play to big sacks, things like that. And it looked like a hell of a matchup. So honestly, and maybe this is just my Eastern biasness, um, when I watched that whole game, the score was much closer than the game actually was. Um, in okay. my honest opinion, we absolutely dominated them and we didn't struggle. Um, I think there was about a 28 point swing that is so easily coachable to where we don't make those mistakes again. Like Gage was driving super easy and he broke out for like a 20, 20 yard run in NAU's red zone. And instead of sliding, he dove to try and get two extra yards, which I don't know why he got cracked on the dive and he fumbled. Plus we, we kneeled it on a, you know, down on the one yard line. We could have ran it in. That's 14 points in my head that I'm like, that's easy. We, we could have done that. And then we gave up 129 yards of, you know, PI calls, which our corners were really aggressive. Um, they probably jumped the gun a little bit too much. Um, and that, that put up about 14 points on the board for NAU in key red zone situations. So the score was close, but honestly, like watching the game, we, we handled NAU and maybe that's just Eastern Washington in me, but that was my honest opinion. But I still think, I still think NAU is a good team. Um, I think Montana is a good team and looking at their schedule, they have a really good shot to, you know, and I'm going to hate saying this nine and two, 10 and one type of a season. Um, well, if they get past this week at Western Illinois, which Montana state already did, Montana has a very good shot to go 10 and one or nine and two. And if they Boy, go 10 would... and one, they, they could get a national seed. Eastern can get a national seed. Um, UC Davis, I think they'll fall off a little bit just because they don't have the defense to stop some of our big sky offenses. Um, but I mean, the, the big sky definitely looks much improved over last year. I'm super excited. Hey, we might even take the, the big sky Missouri Valley challenge this year. It's going to be close. Yeah. That's going to come down right to the wire. There's three games left, right? Yeah. So you guys are up three to two. Um, I mean, it kind of sucked having Cal Poly in that and not Eastern in this, <laughs> in this Valley challenge, but um, yeah, Montana, they play at, at Western Illinois, South Dakota comes to Weber and then Northern Arizona, they go to Missouri State. So that should be a win, um, which would tie it 3-3. And then it's just those two swing games. And I really think they're both swing games where anything can happen. Interesting. Awesome perspective, man. I love, I love that you're able to handle that so well, that little, that little curveball. And um, speaking of curveballs, are you ready for rapid fire from our group? Are you ready for this, Kyler? Um, I am more than ready. Let me just take a drink real quick. Awesome. So normally, guys, we take one or two questions. I'm going to take this entire thread, and what I want Kyler to do here, <laughs> I want I want yes or no's, and then I want about 15 to 20 second explanation. Okay. And we're going to roll through every single question on this thread, and oh, they're man. not all they're not all football related. So oh, I, I've I, read some of them earlier, and and some of, some of these are ridiculous. So this is going to oh, be fun. This is going to be awesome. So yeah, you've got a little bit of prep for some of these, so I'm excited. So. Um, anybody who's listening, I'm sure if you put a question down, you're listening. I apologize about your name pronunciation. It's one of my big weaknesses, um, but I will try to do the best I can. So 
Ready, Kyler? You, th- you ready for this? Oh, we'll, we'll find out. All right. Awesome. All right. Thomas Krausen wants to know, is Rhode Island a force to be reckoned with after having their best start to the season in years? No. I'm proud of how they started the season. Once they get into the CAA gauntlet, I think they're going to lose multiple games. I doubt they'll make the playoffs. Next. Next. Love it. Scotty Reed wants to know, how many bricks are in show Walter Hall? And I apologize. I don't know where that is. So that's in that's in Cheney, Washington at Eastern Washington University. I actually already answered his comment. So I'm going to just say it again. All of them. All of the bricks in the entire <laughs> world, they're in show Walter. I love it. That's a great answer. Oh, man. All right. Brandon Monick, M-O-E-N-C-H. Oh, I butchered that one. Is it okay to eat pizza on Taco Tuesday? Yes, pizza every day. Yes, there you go. I'm all for it on that one. <laughs> um, pizza, I've never met someone who hates pizza. Never nope. in my life. Like, tacos are um, good. But, man, pizza? Pizza is on another level. Oh, another level. Hey, guys. Lawrence here. I just got to jump in while editing this episode and say this. Pizza is great, but tacos are absolutely the better meal. Matt, Kyler, if you don't think so, you probably just haven't had the right taco yet. Hate yourself any other day of the week, but Tuesdays are for tacos. Now back to you guys. Our good friend Preston Adams, all he writes is the CAA. What the hell? So quick 20 seconds. What's going on in the CAA? Um, I think he described it perfect. And if you guys want to read an article on what's going on in the CAA, Go to FCS Fans Nation. Read. It's called CAA dot dot dot. What the hell? And it is a great article <laughs> actually written by Preston. And it's literally, I think that title in question answers it. CAA, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I have no clue. The top teams are losing. The bottom teams like Rhode Island are winning. I have no clue. But I'm excited to see where it takes us. Chaos is fun. Um, Bobby Hall wants to know, we... We kind of went over it, but you got to give an answer now. Which conference will close it out and win the Missouri Valley Big Sky Challenge? Um, so I actually think it's going to end up probably being four and four, but in my heart, five to three Big Sky. Okay, got it. Um, Adam Wiley, who do you think after this year will be the power conference? So going into 2019. I think it's going to be the CA for, for the next couple of years. They return a lot. Um, I think JMU in 2019 is going to be the front runner and the favorite. They return everyone almost from this year, and they already look to be pretty stacked this year. So I'm going to say CA, um, the favorite for next year. Okay. Chris Hammond, our awesome friend that we did have done podcasts before for the Idaho Vandals. He wants to know what are your thoughts on Idaho canceling a 2022 game at NIU to host Simon Frazier. Hmm. I think it's a smart idea because – Idaho, as of you know, this year, they're playing two FBS teams. It seems like they're trying to get off that wagon. They're not going to be scheduling two FBS teams anymore because playoff implications are real. As you see, when you have eight wins over seven wins, that's a huge deal. I think it's a smart move. Um, I'd rather have them face a you know weaker FCS school over a D2, but things happen. But I think it's a smart move. Play one FBS team a year. You know, if you can, get rid of the other ones. Nice. Dakota Collins, is Colgate the superior toothpaste? Heck no. Get out of here, Collins. It's Crest. (laughs) He's going with Crest. I love it. Uh, Brandon Owens wants to know, who's the biggest surprise out of the entire FCS so far this year? The biggest surprise? 
Oh man, I think it's got to be Maine right now. Um, North Carolina A and T they look good. Sanford looks good. Eastern looks good. James Madison looks good. North Dakota State looks good. But I think the biggest surprise right now, at least in my book, is Maine. Nice, like it. That's a good answer. Our good friend Chase Kitty, who joined us on the podcast from Hero Sports, wants to know: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Hot dog is a sandwich. If you look up the definition, it says, you know, cut us, you know, two pieces of bread. And how I eat my hot dogs is I cut the hot dog in half and I cut the, you know, bread in half and I actually make it like a burger. So bread, meat, cheese, condiments, sandwich, hot dog. Let's go. Boom. Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Christopher Johnson wants to know, how did Lehigh get in the playoffs last year? Because they're the best. Obviously, they are the best team who have ever done it. Um I'll keep saying that they're the goats, but honestly, if you're looking for like a legitimate answer, some of you listeners, they won their conference with a losing record. So they won the head to head versus Colgate. Easy enough. Yep. Um, James Pennington essentially wants to know from, he asked with NDSU graduating so many um, and other teams graduating so many who next year's the overwhelming favorite. So I answered this a couple questions ago. I think James Madison, is going to be the ultimate favorite next year um, due to the fact that NDSU is graduating a lot. South Dakota State, I think, is graduating a lot. Um, Eastern Washington is graduating a lot. Um, Kennesaw is graduating a lot. I think I think the easy answer is James Madison. Yep, love it. Uh, D. Witt Hibbs, um, I'm actually going to be meeting him in the tailgating lot this Saturday for North, nice. the Northern Alabama-NDSU game. Yep, him and his family are coming up. We've been messaging um, he wants to know, has UNA made a good showing among the FCS family? I think they've made a great showing so far. Um, of course, I don't think we're going to see them in the playoffs because they don't have enough D1 teams on their schedule. But going over to Southern Utah, yes, Southern Utah, I've predicted they're having a down year this year. Um, I predicted that before the season started. But playing in Utah, especially if you're you know a C-level team, that's a tough task to do. And they came in there and they won. I know there are some controversial calls. But they, even if there wasn't controversial calls, they, they kept it close. So, yeah, UNA, you've made a great showing so far. I'm pretty excited to see what you can continue to do. Great showing. Um, next is Andy Redkemper. He wants to know how many games does Delaware need to lose to drop out of the top 25. I'll take that quick. Delaware actually is out of the top 25 as of right now. Um, but I do believe personally that if Delaware loses to NDSU but then has a great CAA schedule in terms of wins – they still could be one of those fringe playoff teams if their only losses are to NDSU. And what is a uh, – it was Rhode Island. Is that correct? Wasn't yeah, it? I think – Rhode Island. Yeah, do, is Delaware only 0-1 or 2 or 0-2? They are 1-1 one one right now. Oh, who did they beat last week? Um, I'm not sure. It wasn't a great opponent, though. Okay. Then, yep, you already answered it. They're already out of the top 25. <laughs> yep, right there. Uh, Kelsey – Hatch, uh, Bra- oh, I don't even know how to say the last name. I think she may be an admin or something. I've never um, heard of her. <laughs> she wants to know, are there any teams currently doing well that will fizzle out by the end of the season? So define fizzle out. Let, let's get your oh. inf- let's get your answer for fizzle out, Matt. Right now they are 2-0, and but they will not make the playoffs. Undefeated right now, 1-0, 2-0, they won't make the playoffs. I think Rhode Island is a safe pick. Um, to be honest, I think UC Davis, they will not make the playoffs. Um, okay. McNeese, depending on what they do against Nichols, if they lose to Nichols, they probably won't make the playoffs. 
I think there's a couple. I think there's a lot of one-on-one teams who lost to FBS teams who might not make the playoffs, including Weber. I think it's too early to know. Um, but yeah, those are definitely my teams off the top of my head that I think probably won't get in, even though they're doing really well right now. Nice. Uh, Deb Respect wants to know, is Winnie the Pooh really a girl? Um, I saw the preview for that new Winnie the Pooh movie, and he had a pretty deep voice. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so, but I don't know Winnie the Pooh enough to really have a solid answer. So, I believe maybe... in the yeah, I believe in the originals. We were Winnie the Pooh kids. I believe in the originals. It is a or she is a girl, and oh. I think they switched it to a male. I think that's how it works. But I'm sure Google could answer better than us. Man, um, I final... always thought Winnie the Pooh was a man. <laughs> yep, it's 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 crazy. Final two, they're no way football related. Landis Can wants to know how does Lint get in his belly button? Well, to be honest, he probably has a little hair around that, so it gets trapped <laughs> in there when you have old shirts. Next question. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> Dylan Dylan Grundlin wants to know um, should we allow mercenaries, I'm guessing in the Space Force, to hunt advanced alien races eventually in the future? So uh, he's obviously talking about the movie Predator. Um, and if Predator was an actuality, yeah, I'd feel much safer having an Arnold Schwarzenegger behind my back than I would having, you know, Predator roaming around freely killing people with their night vision. Awesome. Or their heat vision, it. my bad. Not night, heat vision. Awesome, awesome. I love it. That is every single question we had on that thread, and I love the fact that some of them are random. Um, you did well, man. That was impressive. That was did great. I, you did I have a... fast answers for you? You didn't skip a beat, and they were quick and to the point. I love that. That was perfect. <laughs> Well, Love perfect. It. That was that was fun. It was different. It was different, but it was yeah. fun. Sometimes we got to switch it up. So, um, FCS fans nation, that pretty much is going to wrap up what we have for tonight. I'm going to throw all the shameless plugs out there. Make sure that you make all your picks in our pick 'em challenge. Um, make sure you download our our add us on Snapchat at FCS fans nation and follow our page FCS fans nation on Facebook for all the questions and interaction and all the fun stuff. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kyler. Got any shameless plugs or anything you want to throw out there at the end? Um, a quick couple things. We need more fans from outside of the top five major um, groups, which is North Dakota State, James Madison, Eastern, Montana, and Jacksonville State. If you are one of those people outside of those teams, please add someone, just one person. You know, if we get a 1,000 people who add one person, that definitely makes the group more fun. It makes your fan base more fun. Um, the more diversity we have in this group, it's going to be the better across the nation also if you want to write for us feel free to you know message us your article or your ideas go to email us info at fcsfansnation.com um go send us stuff it'll be fun absolutely once again it's always about the fans it's always about interactive it's always about you guys that's the whole point of our page and the podcast and everything else so we just appreciate that some people may mistakenly decide to listen to us but we do appreciate it um, that being said, uh, Kyler, thanks so much for answering all the questions. Thanks for the discussion. It was awesome BSing with you tonight. And um, my summer shanty is gone, so I appreciate it. And everybody, have a great night. We'll have see a good you on night. The page. Awesome. See you on the page, FCS Fans Nation. Boom.